We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. There has been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit going on at Asbury University in Kentucky since February 8th. It's just so amazing what God is doing. And Jonathan and his wife, Laura, they served 20 years in Central Asia, sharing Jesus' love with Muslims. Now they are helping coach teams and raise up teams to bring the gospel to the Muslim world. And they just happen to live in Kentucky, about 10 minutes away from Asbury University. All right, so there's this revival taking place in you know, at Asbury University. And I tell you, the more days that pass, the more I find myself thinking, why am I not just in a car on my way to Kentucky right now? But you actually went. What was it for you that compelled you to go? Well, I I think, you know, primarily it's um, just our proximity to Wilmore, Kentucky, where the Asbury Theological Seminary and Asbury University are located. And I guess the the strong pull to that place for my wife and I, we both graduated from Asbury College, now called Asbury University, uh, in 1995 and 1996. There were many hours spent in Hughes Auditorium where this mm-hmm. current outpouring is, is kind of t- started and continuing. And I think there's something unique about a revival occurring or an outpouring occurring in the social media age where things kind of spread yeah. to millions within 24 hours. You know, that's kind of a phenomenon. And so even now they're they're wrestling with 20,000 plus people descending upon a small town of 6,000 and the logistics they're trying to handle with that. And so even now... Um, they kind of narrowed things down to try to focus more on just Gen Z, the youth and the young people. Yeah. So if you're coming into Wilmore now and by car, it, if you don't have an address in Wilmore, it's a little difficult to get into the, the town because mm. it's just been overflowed to people from all over the world. So where do you live? How close to Wilmore? What town do you live so, in? So we live in Nicholasville, Kentucky, which is kind of situated between Lexington and Wilmore. And so when I come out of my driveway, it takes about 10 minutes to get to Wilmore. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> so you went last Wednesday, right? It was about four or five days into it because it started on, I think, on the 8th. And my wife had gone a few times. And and honestly, I, I had more of a, you know, I don't want to say skeptical. I just, I just didn't feel the need to go. Uh, but then my daughter attended a, a couple times. What did you experience personally when you walked in? So coming into that place, I think that um, I don't know if I came in, you know, expecting anything, but there was a sense. I mean, you walk in and I literally I I felt stress. All, all those thoughts that are always you know flooding around your head. I got to do this. What about that? Just left. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sat in the back, sat for about two and a half hours, just enjoyed the worship. And watch people moving, watch older people praying for young people. There was testimonies. And, and and what I experienced was what they're describing. I guess the word that comes out of this that I, you know, you'll hear and see in print is the word sweet. Mm. You know, that, that verse comes to mind, taste and see that the Lord is good. And it just was, um, it's a sweet presence. Yeah. And, and, and no hype, you know, it was, you just didn't sense that, that huge amount of emotionalism that's sometimes present in vibrant worship. You know, I think they just... They keep things, I don't think anybody's controlling anything. That was not the sense I got. I just thought it was just seemed to be guided by the Holy Spirit. When things seemed to really get a peak in worship, they, they just really slowly just kind of came back down to mm-hmm. a normalcy of, of just, we're just here to engage in the presence and let God work. Mm-hmm. 
What did you take away from it? You know, sitting there for two hours, what did you take away from it personally? Definitely that God was moving. Uh, no doubt about that. Personally, just um, gratitude and thankfulness, because this is a culmination of lots of prayers. There were so many days, nights, hours that, you know, groups of us prayed for God to pour out a spirit again in Hughes Chapel. Uh, back in the 90s when you were a student there. Yeah, back in the 90s. I mean, we, we were kind of, and, and there was probably sometimes that some of that can be contrived. You know, we wanted it so desperately. We wanted to see a revival happen, you know, or <laughs> you start to study revival, you know, well, it begins in repentance and a hunger for God, you know. And, and again, I think we saw some moves of God during those days, but nothing that was of such a spontaneous and ongoing sort of thing, you know, to, to think that there's just a started after a, a very normal chapel, not on the subject of any sort of outpouring or revival. It was just a normal uh, weekly chapel. There's usually three chapels a week there and a group of students. In fact, I, I have really close friends with one of the, um, the parents of one of the girls that's attending there now. And she was one of that group that just stayed after mm. to pray. And then it just didn't stop. Mm. So you, your daughter, how old is your daughter? I have many daughters, four gotcha. daughters, but my, my 22-year-old, uh, okay. who actually works over at the seminary right now, yeah, she she attended, and, and, and you know, she's a bit more of an introvert, and so large crowds and stuff like that, it's just not her thing. Mm -hmm. The fact that she went and stayed for two or three hours and came back full of energy, <laughs> that, that sealed the deal for me, and God just did some really cool work in her heart, and um People were just praying. A lady came up, prayed over her, spoke uh, some amazing um, words of healing to her. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, a different person came and prayed the exact same stuff over her. For her, it was just a really um, beautiful time of the Lord meeting her. And as a, as a dad, you know, that's like, okay, <laughs> if only my daughter were touched, that's that seals it for me. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's all, I'm all in. So I guess it was just a there was no doubt walking out of there that this was something that God was doing. I mean, obviously, years from now, we'll see the, the transformation fruit mm -hmm. of this sort of thing. Right. But um, lie, I mean, when things are coupled with with uh, very transparent confession, um, repentance, and even now salvations we're hearing. Last night, we just uh, a good friend talked to my wife saying that um, two, two people just randomly showed up there last night around 11 o'clock. Things had been shut down. They couldn't get in. And he met with them. Pray to them, two nominal Catholics that are just kind of searching back for that the God they knew when they were young and both repented and received Jesus. I mean, and were born again right there. That to me is, yeah, that's it. I know you want to guard your your daughter's privacy, but just what is the, the one thing the Lord really just spoke to her life? I, I think it's a lot with what the Gen Z is really um, awash in, or I guess uh, what's a better word? overwhelmed by in terms of the culture. I think it's identity issues. Yep. I think it's um, just culture of almost having to identify, make your identity, some of your your, your issues that you might have. You know, that, that ranges the gap between just mental health to, to sexual identity, that sort of thing. And, and also a generation that I think feels very written off. And for her, it was just someone speaking to her identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And, and she's like, she just, I think for her, that was a, a very healing thing. She doesn't have to um, identify with some of these things that so much of her um, peer group, they've been lied to, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's again, it's like almost a, to use the term orientation, it's like reorienting your life towards Jesus and following him and letting him transform us.
I'm a baby boomer. And, you know, as baby boomers, we've sort of thrown the generations behind us under the bus. Gen X, millennials, mm. especially Gen Z, the first post-Christian generation in America, you know. There you go. Yeah, yeah. The, even the words we speak are almost curses instead of blessings, you know. Yeah. So talk about the repenting of our generation, boomers writing off Gen Z. Has there been this actual repenting toward Gen Z going on at Asbury? Yeah, that, I mean, the short answer to that is yes. And that is, again, one of those other little signs that I saw. I mean, I, I when I was present there, just my, with my own eyes, I saw an older generation just giving way, giving deference. You know, there was a spirit of let this youth really engage with God. And so mm-hmm. it was really neat to see older people praying over younger people, younger people praying over older people. And then... I wasn't present for this, but um, there was a time when on stage, this would be staff, faculty, leadership, um, older people across the board publicly just repented hmm. for writing off Gen Z. Wow. And, and you know, it's just it, this is again one of these. It's the kingdom. You know, the upside down kingdom is. Yeah, that's exactly what God would do. He would come in and take this generation that's been so deceived in the culture that, and it's just the milieu that it's living in right now and everything that's just swirling around and say, I'm just going to pour my spirit out on these guys. Mm-hmm. The brokenness, I can bring healing and blessing and use them to reach the nations, you know, and somebody we should praise for. And it was neat to see, I think, just turning our pessimism or discouragement, which tends to just come out in forms of um, when we criticize, it's it's speaking curses, not, not blessing over them. Mm. And that's neat to see that, that conviction fall on people. My understanding is that it has been student-led, but there are also, you know, there's leadership decisions that have to be made. It's like, this is home for kids who are trying to get an education done. And I think most recently they're talking about, well, I was just reading an article saying that they're going to limit general public attendance to the service and then like have some very specific like 25 and under and high school student times. Yeah. I think, you know, there's going to be people that obviously have different uh, opinions on this. I I have a lot of just admiration, I guess, for the way they have allowed, yes, the students to really have a role in shepherding this in a sense mm-hmm. i i guess i would say that the leadership above them this is faculty these are you know they've got a lot on their shoulders to deal with it is an institution Wilmore's a small town and because things traveled so quickly in a viral way a town like that even just logistics and infrastructure wise having twenty thousand people you know all of a sudden everywhere people get tired there's my wife's been over there four or five uh, times serving praying, you know, directing people. They have four overflow places. So across the street at at Estes Chapel, McKenna Chapel, there's a a vineyard church also uh, having overflow where they simulcast things in. So there's just a lot of people. So that that is an issue. And um, one thing I did notice that I think is just beautiful is, you know, there are people I think that are helping to, I would say, guide, shepherd, not control, but they'll share. But it's so interesting that it's not based on um, titles or pedigree or like who they are. You know, they get up there and they share and there's no real introduction of them, mm. which I think is a tendency in our 
I guess, our culture to give legitimacy to whoever might be behind the microphone. And so you might not know it's the president of the college sharing, Mm -hmm. or you might not know it's a a prayer leader in our community. They just get up and and they share. Mm -hmm. And and then in in particular, when students share or they confess, they're immediately saying, if someone were to share, you know, I struggled with with suicidal thoughts and God set me free this week. Um, They'd say, does anybody else have these same feelings? Mm -hmm. And would you meaning the student, which you pray for them mm-hmm. and just immediately. So there's no taking of, oh, we got to control or I have more experience in this. Just letting the students just yeah, release the ministry into the hands of those who have just experienced God's freedom. And so that I think is a beautiful thing. I think the fact that it's not as some sort of denominational thing. One thing I did observe were people coming in, I guess, very prepared to take their own stuff into this revival and maybe make it what they thought a revival should be noticed a, a van full of people getting out and they, it's almost like their revival gear, you know, the, the <laughs> banner, you know, banners and all these other things, you know, that they're bringing in. And and I'm all for that. Cause that's kind of my, my stream, right? I love the worship and dance and I'm all, you know, creative with the way God wants to express himself. But there's something about the, this sort of revival where they were just politely saying, you know, no, that's not what this is about. Yeah. This is about exalting Jesus and, and experiencing his presence. And we don't need to, we don't need to conjure anything up, you know, not that that was their intent. They're really gracious about it, but they said, and then there's also that tendency for well-known people in our Christian, you know, communities that are maybe on the forefront of revivals and the prophetic or whatnot to come in and not purposely, but they, they tend to hijack something like that, make it their own. Mm. And that was very carefully monitored. And I, and I think that uh, the fact that, you know, this went to national news uh, on several national networks and, I think very positively reviewed, but very much pointing back that this is um, this is all about Jesus and not to make it political. There was one reporter that tried to stir this to, to kind of a political right-leaning sort of thing, conservative, whatever, and they just really said, this has nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. This is just about Jesus and experiencing his presence. So I think overall, the leadership has done well. I think in terms of wrapping things up, I think there's a... Obviously, they're overwhelmed with this many people, and, you know, and this is going to be a hard one because a lot of people, are, I think, you know, are going to feel differently about, you know, oh, they shouldn't have, you know, I guess I'm accusing it of quenching the spirit or something like that. But mm-hmm. I think they have to be very wise. And I think there's a, a desire that it's time probably at some point and, and they're they're gauging this. It seems like they have limited it to just uh, now that the students just because the town itself is overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So uh, my, my my wife just walked in. She said, yeah, it's it's uh, students in the evenings and the public can still come in but there will be a time i think in the next several days they want to commission this to kind of say it's time for this to go out you know instead of it all be about coming it needs to be about going and spreading to other places and it has i mean there's four or five other college campuses that are experiencing similar things happening and so that's exciting What do you sense the Holy Spirit saying to you, to your heart, to your to your bride's heart about what God may want to do through this? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, from all the testimonies, you know, God is working in this generation uh, to, I think, one one thing that's, that's so lacking is is community. And, you know, when you do these studies, it's just incredible how few people actually have one, if any, confidence. And so I think God wants to uh, restore people uh, one to another. It's those one another's we have in scripture and to himself. 
seeing that community come together and praying together, confessing together, finding healing together, discovering that apart from all the stuff that's in our culture politically and in other ways, God is still this God of love and, and loves this generation. And so, yeah, I, I just think that that's one lasting fruit that could come out of this. And then the fact that people have traveled from in all over the world, I mean, from Australia to, I think there were people from Myanmar that came in, mm. it could have, you know, effect to go to the nations. And you know, that's of course my, my heart, my passion is that this will stir up a generation that wants to give itself to something that's worth living and dying for. Right. And to see God glorified. It's what the world longs for. It's what the human heart longs for is to be filled up with God's love and to pour it out. Yeah. Your husband mentioned that you've been there a couple of times. What has your experience been there? I've been there four times. And I've also, I go to the Asbury Seminary as a student. So I've also volunteered and helped work in the overflow. There's a lot of salvations happening. There's a lot of people that are coming that don't even know why they're coming. They show up there and they're like, I don't, I'm not really a Christian. I don't really know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And they, and they're, they're meeting the Lord and but there's also a lot of like reorienting to like, and they're kind of getting back to the North Star. Like it's just a realigning of our lives with who God is mm-hmm. and how much he wants to be active and participate and give meaning to life. Tell me about your personal experience, Laura, when you, you know, stepped into Hughes for the first time. Yeah, um, I was in chapel at the seminary at the same time this chapel was going on this, that kind of released all this or started all this. Um but I didn't hear about it till that night. Uh, so I hadn't went across the street, the college and the seminary across the street from each other. And uh, I think I went, I think I went on Friday morning or Friday afternoon for the first time. So it had been day three. And it was, again, it was just, it was just, it was very still inside when we went. There was an act of worship happening. It was just clusters of people praying mm-hmm. and a lot of people just sitting and, and peace. Uh, there was just a peace and a holy love that was, it was so pure, Hmm. unadulterated, you know, and just waiting. And each time I've returned, there's that deep, even when the, the music gets loud, there's a sense of this deep, still peace. Mm. It's not an uncomfortable peace. (laughs) It's that peace that passes understanding and, um, and the unity and the intergenerational praying for one another. That's, you know, I was, I sat next to my daughter, she's uh, 22 and just saw her being touched by God in, in new and profound ways. And then the woman sitting next to her was from China, just reaching over and praying mm-hmm. for her. And so can I just pray for you? And she just starts praying for my daughter. Wow second day my daughter goes and my daughter is an introvert crowds like they wear her out she sat there for four hours the first day and left energized the second day i wasn't sitting next to her but another lady was sitting next to her and reached out and said can i pray for you the woman asked can i pray for you and my daughter said sure and she prayed the exact same blessing word for word and that really uh, was an amazing experience for my daughter. She left feeling so seen by God. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing. Like when you walk in, there's a, for a lot of people, you know, everybody's experience is different, but there's 
a sense of being seen by God. And my father, who was a professor at Asbury for many years, I went over and walked into Hughes, sat down, and just wept Mm. for like an hour. Wow. And uh, it's just beautiful. One thing that's really neat is to hear the testimonies of some of the older people that were actually there during the 1970s outpouring. The fact that they got to see two Mm. mighty moves of God like this. Uh, One man was just weeping of just, oh, and it wasn't like all about what they experienced. It was like, God's doing it again. This is just, oh, it's so rich to see their passion, to see a a new generation be touched by God. Mm -hmm. It was so beautiful, so beautiful. feel personally like I have such a better understanding through you guys of what it's like to actually be there, not just in Wilmore, in Wilmore, but also in Hughes Hall. But is there anything that you wanted to share with us that we just haven't asked you about yet? I also want to give just a big shout out to the administration and the faculty and the professors and the student body and the community of Wilmore because it happened. God God showed up and he's always there, but God showed up and showed off in a a lovely and amazing way. And he's still there doing that. But then the logistics take place and the university and seminary, they're providing water. They've been providing snacks. They have prayer counselors. They're doing prayer counselor training. They don't want just everybody to come and go, I'll pray for someone there. They're training people. They've got security, uh, local police are around, people in the community are taking eight and 12 hour shifts to help direct people to which chapel has room, where to go, helping people find food and resources. There are hundreds, maybe thousands of people who are putting in volunteer hours and it's all, it's building the airplane in the air. Mm. And it's all been because of the grace of God. God has been extending grace upon grace Mm. and the word that we had at seminary chapel, we were processing it as a community last Thursday. We just spent time processing in chapel. What's going on? What is God doing? And how are we doing with mm. this, this un- indescribable uh, event that we all get to be part mm. of? And um, one of it was the word was charity. Let's have charity towards one another. Let's have charity towards the those who are coming in with their expectations and their brokenness and their hurts and their needs. And mm-hmm. let's have charity towards them and help them to, you know, direct them to the places where they can get settled and find that place with Jesus, making space for people. Hospitality is about creating space for people to be themselves mm-hmm. and to know who they are and, and to know who they are with Jesus and, and having a, a spirit of charity towards all the people who have to make all these hard decisions. You know, they're praying hours and just seeking the Lord. Who shares next? How do we, you know, who? how do we get the volunteers to run the worship? People are worshiping hours and hours every day helping lead worship. And I just think it's beautiful to see the kingdom of God come together like that. Mm-hmm. It's There's so much behind the scenes happening that a uh, guest coming to Wilmore wouldn't understand is taking place in order to host them and to create space for them to experience what God is calling them to. Mm. Uh, What has really, what has touched me is this is so like Jesus. Mm -hmm. When he came into the world, he came into this little town of Bethlehem. Yeah. And so 
Here he is showing up by his spirit in the little town of Wilmore. Somebody ought to write a song. Oh, little town of Wilmore. That's your I think forte. You just did. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. this is a. Uh, yeah. Isn't it beautiful that he always has this way? Is just the humility of Christ. Yes. Well, One of there, the most it, profound and beautiful gifts that it. we get to walk that's into it. here. It reminds me of your song, Perry. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't need us, man, but he he wants us. Yeah. And he's showing up to show us that, you know? Yeah. He just wants to, I want to, I want to know you. I want to be in fellowship with you. Yeah. That's, uh, that's always been his heart. I mean, we can look back at, you know, all of the biblical history that has always been his heart. Like, I want to be with you. I want to be near you. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, is a wooing. I think mm-hmm. this is just a great wooing. It's a be still and know moment, you know, it's yeah. come in still and know that I'm God. And the other part of that, I will be exalted among the exalted. nations. That's, that's what you want to yeah. see is the result. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.